welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of knights with way too many board games. I'm Tom, and I'm joined by... Sir Justin. Lord Adam II. Queen Debbie. Oh, Queen Debbie, good, yes. I was going to go with that or the Abbot, and I wasn't really sure which one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Abbot! That's it. Yep. This is a board game podcast. Hello and welcome. Um, and this is uh this is a, this is a podcast where we play games in our enormous collections and then talk about them. Today we are talking about the second in the West Kingdoms trilogy, Paladins of the West Kingdom. And this is a this is a uh, a heavier weight, uh, more more heavyweight, not version, but uh, but entry into the same sort of worker placement uh, game as Architects, which was the first game and Viscounts, which is the third game that we haven't played yet. Uh, this one sees you trying to build up your uh, your own kingdom uh, by putting uh, by rounding dudes up at the beginning of each round, just like sort of going to a tavern, uh, getting a bunch of people into your truck, and then using them to build stuff. Does anyone own this one? I don't think so. Uh, no. So we played this one on the old tabletop simulator, uh, which had a fairly decently scripted version, so that was nice. Um, But uh, no one owns this one, so I've pulled up the back of the box off of uh, Google. Uh, I managed to find... it's, It's like the collector's box? I don't actually know if this is like... The, the box that the game comes with or if this is just a box that is that just holds all the stuff and you just buy the box separately anyway so i've got the back of the box blurb here i'm just gonna rip through it it's uh, it's pretty man, it's pretty lengthy paladins of the west kingdom is set at a turbulent time of west francia's francia's West Francia's story, circa 900 AD. Despite recent efforts to develop the city, outlying townships are still under threat from outsiders. Sarsians scout the borders. Jesus. Saracens? 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 Sarkans. What? No, isn't it? Saracens. Saracens. Saracens Saracens scout the borders. Man, that's a lot of... Like that emo band of the late 90s? A lot of S's. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man boy oh boy i haven't heard Saracen in well the better part Bless of two you. decades <laughs> saracens scout the borders while vikings plunder wealth and livestock even the byzantines from the east have shown their darker side as noble men and women players must gather workers from the city to defend against enemies build fortifications and spread faith throughout the land Fortunately, you are not alone. In his great wisdom, the king has sent his finest knights to help aid in our efforts. So ready the horses and sharpen the swords. The paladins are approaching. I feel like there needs to be some fanfare at the end of that. I feel like it could be uh, lyrics to a metal song. (laughs) You want me to do this whole thing as if I'm uh, like iced earth or something? Oh, God. (laughs) That is not happening. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a, a uh, the continuing story of the West Kingdoms, where you've sort of got a you got a kingdom and you gotta you gotta build it up and protect it against invaders? Question mark. Um, so the general, oh, there's so much in this game. So I'm gonna probably condense this to sort of the most pertinent and interesting parts, rather than going through everything bit by bit. Because good lord, I don't have that much time. Uh, so the way this game is set up is that there's like a main board, and everybody has their own player boards. Uh, every 
everyone has their own player boards and they're that's where most of the work is going to be happening that's where most of the stuff like buildings are sitting out on so you've got like what the hell are they called um oh, what are the developed ones called they have such whack names that i could could not remember them for the life just of whack <laughs> What is it? Workshops. Worksh- yeah. Workshop. Yeah. So so you imagine that you've got this player board and you've got like green houses, which are your workshops, and they're on like a little tracker that as you as you place them down, you'll take them off the track and you'll get bonuses and points and shit. Uh you've got monks, which are called outposts for some goddamn reason and they're the same sort of thing where you take a different action you'll take them off and put them somewhere on the main board uh you know taking up spots getting special stuff for for that moving up and down on this like influence tracker so you've got three different attributes there's like the red the green uh sorry the red the blue and the black which are strength influence and faith these will go up as you go through the game as you like build fortifications put down the buildings and stuff and so these will like go up as you you know the the blue one goes up whenever you put a monk down or something like that uh you've also got uh strongholds or outposts those are red ones that you put down um and then there's like clay pots which are supposed to be fucking i don't know absolving is called the action i think they're just like donations to the church donations yeah donations to the church alms pots for some reason i don't know anyway so you've got these three different types of quote-unquote buildings that are laying on top of these different trackers and those are the the green blue yellow and black buildings that you can sort of play that you can uncover as you do the various actions that that's part of the player board you've also got like this this is where you're gonna be putting workers down to be able to execute said actions each uh each section of or each action that you can take is uh is is labeled and beneath that is sort of the color and combination or combination of colors of workers that you need to be able to do it. So for something like the uh, absolve action, you need to have a black worker, which is a cleric or priest. Uh, It's got a transparent spot, which is like you can put anybody in there and you've got a blue one, which is like a merchant. Um, And, uh, and, and so for to take the absolve action as with like any of the other actions, you need this like specific combination of stuff. So there's like a bunch of different colors of workers. You know, you've got the red ones, you've got blue ones, you've got black ones you've got uh green ones and you've got purple which are wild and um anytime you get like a purple one you get like a suspicion which is important for i don't know you get debts if you have too much suspicion when things happen and i'm not gonna really go into it um the way the game flows is that at the beginning of each round there's a total of seven rounds at the beginning of each round you are going to have every player is going to draw three cards off this paladin deck and what you do is you, in turn order, you're going to pick one of the paladins. You're going to play it for its um, its workers that you get. So each paladin has like two workers that you'll accumulate for the round. It has like a temporary attribute boost. So um, it'll give you like three red and one black, for instance, as well as each one of them has like a special power to them. So this guy might be able to like you ignore the cost of the develop action or something like that. You're also going to take one of the cards, you're going to put it on the bottom of the deck, and you're going to take uh, what the other card and you're going to put it on the top, uh, which means that you'll be drawing that one in the next round. The player who just did the play, played the Paladin also goes to the Tavern, which are dealt out. There's like a number of cards equal to everybody plus one uh, kind of thing. And these will have four uh, worker dudes uh, present on them in various colors. And you just get to pick one of these uh, and toss it aside and take that like combination of workers into your worker pool for 
that round. So going with uh, going with this guy that you've got like a, a green worker and a and a red worker, you might also grab the tavern uh, the tavern card that gives you a red, a blue, and two green workers, giving you a total of six workers to use for the rest of the round. After everyone's done that, then you just go around taking turns. Each person will do one action, which is like putting stuff down on a square. So for instance, if you need money, you can put down one or two guys, depending on how much money you want and whether you have the rec- uh, uh, the required blue dude to put down. But if you do that, if you do have like a, a laborer and a blue dude, you can get three gold and yay, then you have three gold and it moves on to the next person. There are costs associated with a lot of these things. So um, the develop action, which lets you put down these like uh, green buildings, which let some of your other actions become cheaper, cost money. Um, Each of the like uh, putting down priests or putting down outposts or getting the pots uh, generally costs uh, like either the provisions, which is another resource or money. Um, Also, some of these things like building fortifications, which is another thing you can do costs you provisions, but you also have to have a certain level of influence. That's like the blue attribute has to be a certain uh, a certain height um, on the track before you can do that. There's also two actions where you get to interact with uh, the the outsiders. So there's going to be people that are showing up to kick your ass. Yeah, oh, Vikings and shit. And you can either convert them by using the convert action and having enough faith. That's the that's the black attribute. And you can just get them and maybe pay a little money depending on how much you've got. And you get like a bonus depending on what they do. Or you can just go and kick the shit out of them and uh, get a bonus for doing that. And that's like using the red attribute. Other things you can recruit uh, townsfolk uh, into your into your town. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, but you can recruit them and they give like other ongoing bonuses. Like, you know, whenever you take a certain action, you get a worker or get some money or something like that. All of these things are to say that they all combine into this big, I'm going to stew of doing actions, putting stuff down to unlock other things, increase your various attributes, allowing you to go higher and higher on those tracks, which gets you points, uh, like putting down, putting down buildings and, and monks and developing and stuff will help you build up an engine and get more stuff that might be worth points later on. Um, because, uh, like I said, there's seven rounds. And the other thing that there is, is there's like three of the, three of the rounds will uncover goals that you can try to achieve throughout the game. Um, um, and then like the other four, I think there's four or five spots, uh, open up more, more action spots, but there's like a, a set number of these things that'll, that'll happen. And you can have like special victory conditions for getting more points. And so it's basically just like, you're all going around and trying to figure out how best to use your workers to get money, get provisions, put down buildings, uh, kill people, convert people to try to satisfy whatever condition that you think is the best for getting a bunch of points. Um, I don't really know another way to make it concise because there's a lot of like you play the outpost guy, you, like you you play the monks to get blue influence points, uh, which if you have enough of those, let you build walls. Uh, but all both of those need like provisions, and so everything's kind of interlocking. So to be able to give like a full explanation of what's going on would probably take I don't know half an hour. So I'm just gonna beg you go watch a video or something to get a better picture of what's going on. But in general, it's a worker placement game where the uh, the the interesting or like sort of defining part of it is that at the beginning of the round, 
you're going to be picking which guy you want to use, which like gives you workers as well as like grabbing dudes from this tavern. Uh, And it's sort of this, it's mostly this thing about like this worker economy that you're sort of presented with uh, using the paladins, which are, there's only 12 of them in the deck. And so you're not gonna, if you play the guy that gets you two silver every every time you kick the shit out of somebody, he's not going to come back because there aren't like doubles in the deck. So it's kind of knowing a little bit about what the paladins do and making sure you use them effectively knowing that you're never going to run into these guys again um, and just sort of trying to manage your workers in such a way that you go after something that maybe other people aren't doing and just like playing people down on your board to just get a lot of points i don't really know i don't really know what else to say really it's a it's a bit of a it's it's all interlocking it's all very complicated um there are a few interesting little things like um i mentioned the uh suspicion mechanic so anytime you get a purple worker you'll get a suspicion card this suspicion card might have nothing on it or it might have like a couple of um, red tinted silver pieces on them. Uh, and that means that you get to take that money from the tax stand. Uh, so you like tick down this counter in tabletop simulator, you tick down this counter that's in the middle of the board, uh, representing how much is in the tax stand. And then you add it to your total. The thing is, if this, uh, ticker for the taxes ever goes to zero, uh, that triggers what's called the Inquisition, which sounds super ominous, but uh, really it's not that bad, because what happens is that whoever has the most suspicion gets a debt, which is worth fewer points at the end of the game, like it's worth negative, but there are ways to, there's like lots of actions to be able to flip them over, so it's really not that bad, unless it's like towards the end when you can't do anything about it. Um, Is there any other like standout things from this? Because I'm I'm struggling i'm struggling to know what like the the real the real like haha of this is you know what i mean what no i think you you hit on all the main points i think the main aha is sort of drafting your workers for that round and kind of managing the synergy system between everything on your board those are like the main you know meat and potatoes of the game yeah and um again there's a lot going on because in the in the previous game there was a lot of like ah oh, here's all the townsfolk and they're all they're all different this one has that but also like you can send the townsfolk away instead of recruiting them into your thing so they just like go and give you a quick bonus as opposed to like the the permanent bonus that they might give you as well as like when you convert somebody they like become another kind of different townsfolk and usually are like end of game bonuses so they're can be worth a lot of points at the end of the game but they're a little harder to get and so there's a lot going on um it uh, we screwed up many of the rules um it is a very complicated game with a lot of interlocking systems uh, so if my uh, overview has confused you i'm sorry but i'm not surprised and if you're interested you should definitely go check out uh like one of the videos that's online or you know go take a gander at the rule book because it's it's all fairly well laid out and mostly the uh, the most of the time when we're talking about screwing up the rules, uh, which is often, um, that was our fault <laughs> and not necessarily the fault of you know the game or anything like that. So, so did I miss anything else that you guys want to mention? Because I, I kind of wanted to like get through that. Yeah, uh, it's it's just the game of the game of of infinite moving parts. Yeah, yeah. Like there is so much to keep track of, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to keep track of, and the game 
I would say in our defense, doesn't it, sometimes it's really good about telegraphing what you need to do in action. Like you need these two workers or you need to pay this, you know, food or money resource. And then other things are kind of vague, like just random numbers on the pots. Or, you know, you can only put your guy in this area if you have enough resources. Where do you find that? On this section below, but it's linked to this card. So it's not really clear that that's what you need. I mean, it is once you read the rules a second time, but <laughs> who has time for that? I mean, you know, we don't have time for reading rules twice. It, yeah, it, it just feels like there's like, some things are very clear, and then other things are seem deliberately vague, even though they had, you know, the board space and everything there. Yeah, I I think you're, I think you're mentioning, like, it's mostly the pot thing, because when I looked at the pots, I was like, zero, one, three, five, seven, eight, nine, these guys can't count. Not realizing yeah. that, like, they're colored blue because they map to the, in, uh, the uh, influence. Influence track yeah, yeah the influence attribute so for the pots like you need the money but you also need to have a certain amount of influence before you can use the pots yeah but everywhere else in the game the influence is always indicated by a blue flag right yeah i i totally agree yeah. with you i i don't understand why like why the pots weren't white with a blue flag on them and the number inside or yeah. something like that uh it seemed uh, that was for me the most you know baffling part of this <laughs> We we may have we may have a uh, we petered that up pretty good over one or two rules yeah the other the other rule that I uh, I petered up was the uh, uh, when you there's a there's an action called prey uh, which is you can go there and get your uh, take the dudes off of one space so if you've used the uh, commission uh, commission space which is the one that gets you monks or outposts or whatever the hell they call it you can uh, if you put three dudes on there. And you you use the prey square. You can actually take those guys off, freeing them up to use, freeing that space up to use once more. Um, what I mistakenly thought it was was taking them back into your supply and being able to use them over and over again. Uh, which is, uh, I don't know why I thought that because that's crazy. Um, but I thought that you know the prey action cost you money and seemed like you needed a special guy, so maybe it's supposed to be that powerful. But you know that was another thing that we screwed up. But that was that has nothing to do with it being unclear. That's just me being a total dipshit. So <laughs> that's that's about gonna wrap it up for me in terms of like the uh, official quote unquote overview. Um, I this one was a bit of a. I don't know. This one was a bit of a struggle, not a struggle. Like it's a fine game. I think it's very, you know, it's a bunch of interlocking systems, which can always be pretty interesting, pretty challenging mentally. Um, but in terms of like a game where I would bring out and like get to play with a bunch of friends, you don't really care what each other are doing for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a lonely experience. Um, you know, it's all very, all very interesting in like trying to optimize your moves and trying to like make a decision as to like which path you're going to go down. That's all very cool. Trying to, um, trying to manage your suspicion in such a way so that when the Inquisition comes, you're not like just eating a whole bunch of debt um is is an interesting mechanic um especially since like the suspicion thing is getting a a wild worker is a, is a very powerful thing as well as like those suspicion cards can also just get you money so it's actually 
pretty beneficial to use that squared. There's like no downside as long as you don't get inquisitioned. Uh, but again, like you can find ways to flip that over as well. So it's really not that bad. There's also like ways that you can benefit from the inquisition by having certain guys out and stuff like that. So there are things in here which are passively interacting with each other. But for the most part, through our first playthrough and for like the first little bit of uh, we started, Justin and I played it a little bit before everybody showed up for the game. And I was like, man, I don't, I just, again, just don't care what you're doing, man. And it's one of these good games that is just, I'm going to say probably not for me just because it's like you're just not interacting with each other that much. Um, And there's nothing, unlike Architects, there's nothing funny, uh, really, other than going out and blasting some dudes. But I mean, that's not very, I don't know. It's not, it's not funny, funny. It's not as funny as like rounding up other people's workers. Um, so, you know, it was, it was an interesting game. I think it's a very well done set of systems. And I mean, I like the art style. I think it's a very nice looking game and all that sort of stuff, but it's just, I found it a very lonely experience. And, uh, one of the funniest things was just watching how much doodling Justin had done throughout the entire game as he like built a full map of the world and then started drawing little dudes representing the Inquisition coming after my cards. I don't know if that was just a, I don't know if that was just the ADD kicking in real hard for you or, uh, or what was going on there, but seemed like I wasn't the only one a little bit, a uh, little bit uh, adrift. Oh, it, it was definitely a little bit of ADD, but it was, it's one of those <laughs> Euro games where I pretty much mentally check out the second it's not my turn. And then I'm kind of just waiting, like uh, my hand, most of the game, my hand was just holding my pawn above the space, ready to drop it so that I could drop it, do the thing and then click and turn. Uh, uh, and uh, I think uh, there were a few times where I was definitely caught off guard uh, because my turn rolled around fast enough that I wasn't finished my doodles. Uh, yeah, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those games where like it has a solo play option and I kind of feel like that's a little redundant Ooh. because the entire game feels like a solo play. I, I mean, you could, I, as far as I can see, just play it normally solo and have sort of the same kind of experience like the only time that i was really ever kind of caring about what other people were doing was every once in a while when i looked up to the sort of track on the main board where you put down the outposts or the monks and seeing what spaces are available and i mean that was about it um because most of the time it has so many options to get points or different ways you can kind of go that it's very rare that two people i think are going to be following the same option so there's even less kind of chance for competition for certain spaces or characters is, you know, if this character on the sort of the tableau is good at interacting with monks and no one else is like going heavy on the monk track, nobody else wants that. You can just get it at your leisure. Uh, so yeah, it was definitely one of those well-designed games. And I really enjoyed sort of the synergies between them, even though I definitely messed that up because I didn't realize certain things were synergistic. I thought there were sort of a couple that were your primary sources to getting things on the board. So I focused on those, uh, a little realizing that I had mis- misinterpreted uh, one or two of the uh, hieroglyphics. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, e- even with that, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, there's lots of different ways, lots of different synergies, but it feels like one of those games where it's, all right, here's 10 options, uh, pick two and 
just run with them and yeah, I just kind of ignore the rest. They're probably not important. Um, but I, I did like the sort of the drafting mechanic with the paladins because it kind of helped plan out what you're going to do on that turn. Uh, and so you try to sort of position yourself maybe for the next turn to sort of maximize on that. So maybe you want to build up a bunch of workspaces because, you know, your next guy's really good at getting monks out for free. So, you know, make we're, make that option really cheap this turn. So it, it doesn't require some planning and there's definitely a lot of complexity there, but it kind of felt very solo play with other people, which isn't necessarily what I would ever bring out. There's a couple things that really stand out to me in this game. And one of them, one of the things that stands out to me is that when you are initially trying to kind of play and learn the game, you really get, um, I want to say punished for not, uh, not really kind of pushing up more than one, um, of your attributes. So, you know, if you're, if you have it in your mind that, um, you, you really think that you can get away with kind of, um, uh, doing the garrisoning on a, you know, on, on a little more of the regular basis. You're going to try to get those buildings out. You really want to try to cover up, um, and, and get some of those advantages. You're, you really are going to get punished by this game for being very single minded. Like you, you have to create, um, you have to create enough of an engine combined um, between pathways. Otherwise, I, I feel like you're just not. You're feel. I feel like you're just not going to win. Like it's it's very easy to get very far behind in this game. And, you know, I feel like if you try to spread yourself across um, everything, right, so you try to do a little bit of everything, again, you're going to get punished and you'll get punished hard because getting yourself up a little bit on everything gives you very minimum payback. Um and that's what, I mean, in the end, I think that that's a, a good kind of part of where I fell behind. And I think where, um, where my game really kind of had issues is I was looking at trying to do kind of a little bit of, a little bit of everything. And when I had an idea as to what I wanted to do, you know, in a way I really do, I kind of feel a little different than you guys do in some ways because, you know, I found like Justin and Thomas, I found that you guys were kind of, you consistently made my game more difficult, <laughs> whether you intended to or not. I mean, obviously it's a game. That's what you want to do. Um, but you, you did, right? Because I mean, Justin really took up all the spaces um, for the garrisons and the monks. Is that what they are? I can't remember. Yeah. On the main the board. Black yeah. People. yeah. 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 Yep. All of those were gone. And I was to the point where I was far enough behind that there really was no way for me to catch up. And one of the, uh, one of the things that we ended up finding out is you can't, um, you can't take an action if you have nowhere to place that, that outpost, right? So, uh, if you're going to do the garrison or if you're going to do the, I can't even remember what the other one is, where the monk is, um, to try to get that, get that, um, characteristic higher, there's a point where it gets to where you get stuck because I could 
would not place any monks anymore because all the spaces were covered. There was nowhere for me to go. And the only way for me to get higher in order to have access to the higher um, section was to get rid of them. But I mean, you're kind of stuck in a catch 22 where I, I really had no choice at all, like none. And so my black, I, again, I have no idea what they were, what they stand for, but my black was, I think I had it up one, maybe two spaces and that's it because I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. Right. And so you can really kind of pigeonhole people. Um, you know, like I had a, I had a card. Um, I think I converted somebody or maybe, I, I don't know. I had something that had to do with killing a certain like clan, right. Attacking a certain type of individual. And you know, it, it that got found out fairly quickly where it was, oh man, that's going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to gain a VP off of every, you know, person of that clan. Um, and all of a sudden it, I, it didn't take very long. I killed two of them. And then all of a sudden, like they were never there for me to kill. Um, and so kind of the pathways that I took, I really got stuck in a position where I was, I really could not get ahead because I just had nowhere to go. So the only thing that I really could do was develop. And so, I mean, that's what I did. But if you only get yourself up on one track, you're not going to win the game. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And so it's a very, very touchy game. And I find that it's a very like, I don't know, it's that stupid idea of like, you're, I don't know, figure skating with somebody. I don't know. I got I don't have a good metaphor. There has to be a good metaphor out there. But it's a very <laughs> <laughs> There's a I don't know, there's some metaphor that's in the like in the back of my mind that I'm like, it's that, Debbie, it's that. Something about dancing. It's something. It's something about like it's just this very very particular uh synergy that you have to create and if you don't get in to the pocket, I feel like you're you're not going to make it to the other side very well. And if you don't figure that out early on in the game, you're not going to win. Like, that's just sorry. It ain't happening. And I'm sure that, like, Justin and mine, my, my rampant cheating probably didn't uh, help but <laughs> exacerbate that problem. Um, I, I know I hit that same, that same situation where it was like, oh, I'm going to play this monk because I need the blue resource that's underneath him. And it was like, oh, well, you can't actually play that because I've taken up all the spots. I'm like, God damn it. You're right. That That's totally how that works. And so I, I get what you mean when you say like you can get stuck. Um, yeah. There are there are like a bunch of different ways of trying to get unstuck, but I don't know. At some point, they might not happen fast enough for you because like attacking people takes a red, a, uses your red influence or your red resource, your strength to um like go and bust shit up uh but depending on how how like the 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 cards that are down the outsiders take up these slots and they're increasing numbers of these resources right or this in uh, these trackers um so like you can use your red influence to go or sorry your strength to go and beat up on somebody and that might get you some blue and then you can maybe use the blue to get some walls or something which is kind of what i did after i sort of realized that i wasn't getting anywhere with putting shit down on the main board i just went and started murdering people and building walls um 
so I, I can I can definitely see what you mean when there's like, you know, depending on what happens, you can sort of get uh, funneled into one direction or another. Yeah, it's it's one of those Euro style games that kind of it can easily punish you if you don't build your engine correctly, quotation marks. Uh, is, I, I guess that's why the pots are kind of there is is and the walls are kind of both non main board interactions. Yeah. So they're it kind of it, it always offers you sort of a way to try to boost certain things but if if you've already missed certain spots like yeah it doesn't offer any way to sort of come from behind um besides sort of the temporary boosts you get from the paladins but if you've already used them and they're just or they're just not coming out because they're they're at the bottom of the deck and you need them now there's no there's no way to mitigate that really but keep in mind that the pots are dependent on blue yeah and blue is dependent on what other people have done uh well you can get from killing people people, as well can't you Yeah. yeah so there's a couple ways but yeah no you are right where if you haven't you know built the engine at you should have in the end like it, retrospect is 2020 you have no idea what you're going to need by the time you get there i just kind of picked an option and ran with it but it doesn't offer too many sort of ways around getting stuck from behind you're just there so let's uh let's throw it over to a uh, Euromaster adam what did you <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the what are the reasons we're wrong adam i, I don't think i mean i I don't necessarily think any of you are wrong. I I do classic <laughs> things you say right before you go on a spiel as to why you're wrong. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing, nothing matters before the word but. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's like I think I, I I agree with the with the whole like you need to you need to get your engine started off correctly and um you know if you if you fall behind in this this is very much. It reminds me a lot of, uh, uh, what's that game called? Food Chain Magnate. It reminds me a lot of Food Chain Magnate, where if you get behind, you're done. Like, you're you're dead in the water. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest downsides to Food Chain Magnate, is... If, yeah, like if if you if you fall behind in the beginning, like if you know your first game, if you're playing with someone who has experience or what have you, um, you know that that person is probably going to make your first game kind of miserable, unless they are like holding your hand and kind of guiding you through it, just because of the nature of the game. It's it's just like this one. There's a lot of shit going on, um, a lot of different stuff. And things are intertwined. Like you need some of column A before, you know, you need some of column A to get column B, but you need some of column B to get column A. And then column C is in there somewhere and you need a little bit of that too. And it's just like, it's just, it's a lot of moving parts, but, but like, yeah, like, like your first, I think your first game of this, regardless of how prepared you may think you are. I, I really do think your first game of this is is really going to kind of be a wash because you need to screw it up in order to, in order to figure it out. Kind of as sad as that sounds. Um, sounds pretty normal in my my estimation. Yeah, like like I, I think I think you just need to play it wrong in order to learn how to play it right, and then like your next game will just get better. Um, this one is definitely heavier. Uh, it's definitely more intense than. Um, than architects was like architects is a lot more there's a lot more player interaction in architects there's a lot more um yeah like there, there's just a lot there's a lot less like there 
it i mean there's less going on in architects but at the same time there's still a ton so it's like it's like oh there's there's you know like there's just more going on in this game i i do think that this game i do feel that this game is likely better at lower player counts uh i do remember when someone was initially talking to me about the west kingdom trilogy um i i recall there was a mention of one of the games just being better at at like two players for example i think this one might be it um as i can see the quasi head-to-head aspect of it um making it uh, you know making those subtle player interactions more important like yeah. making it more of a foot race to get to very specific pieces like in intentionally killing off the uh christians that debbie needed to kill off not just not incidentally doing it you mean exactly yeah i i i very much i very much think that that's the situation um yeah this one like like, i definitely don't think this is a a bad bad game by any stretch i just think that it it's definitely more tuned to more tuned to small player counts um more tuned to -to head-to-head and uh definitely a more heavy euro crowd like you you really need to be kind of invested or or have a have a love of euro style games to to really get something out of this you really need to want to chomp on the drywall well you just need yeah you need to be like a a, like into puzzles right you need to you need to be someone who's just like i really just want to like rack my brain and crunch a shitload of numbers like as weird as that sounds yeah and i think the only way you need like a a drywall sandwich yeah i think the only way you can do that though is with a a two potentially three player game i think there's just i think there's too much i think the game becomes too much competition at a four player count um to actually be able to really uh get that puzzle going in your head because i think you become a lot more reactive um and that's i that for me and i mean maybe it's just the way i played the game i I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just yeah, a really know. shitty game player. Like, I, I, I don't know, right? No, no I, I don't think you are. I think it was just... I don't know. I think it was. I think it's incidental. Just, what, yeah, yeah. It, I think it, it was is. a complete accident. Like I, I feel. I don't. I don't feel bad. But like I, I re, you no. know, it, it's it's too bad that like my just going and killing off all the people that had like two blue on them made it mm-hmm. made it so that your thing didn't like pan out for you. Um, yeah. Wh- yeah. Whereas like it it went at a lower player count, somebody doing that to you is like pr- pretty pretty directly like at you personal <laughs> yes yeah yeah and and at yeah. that point i mean someone is really going to kind of be giving up like certain aspects of their own personal strategy just to try and spite you for sure it's all right. cost benefit yeah. this was one of the games where one of the very few games where i never bothered looking at anyone else's board because it just didn't affect me at all yeah yeah i think the only time i really ever looked at somebody else's board is when i i think i moved i don't know i moved my screen at one point and i saw that like how far behind i was and that's when i was like all right i'm i mean i'm up a creek without a paddle at this point um which kind of sucks right i remember looking around and saying wait justin how did you put those guys there you don't actually have the the thing for that justin yes and that's that's how i learned (laughs) 
I I might have with the paladins, but probably not. Yeah, that was really at the end of the game. The last couple of rounds, you just spent the time like maybe I can make it look like if someone we, took well, a picture my, of this. My objective <laughs> by the end of the game, yeah, was just oh shit, I'm going to try. Like I don't, I'm no, I don't care about points or anything now. I'm just going to try to do actions so that I could have done those other actions just in a different order. So it was just a, a race to try to get my game state to being able to have done what I did. Yeah. I think the problem is, though, is you wouldn't have been able to do it, right? Because other people would have taken those spots. It's definitely not a a common sense board game. Yeah, there's a few things that aren't clear, even though they, they had board space to, to make it clear. I mean, usually I Euros are written all over the board, right? Right, yeah. With the main issue with the main player board thing, where you put down the outposts and you put down the monks or whatever the hell they're called, like, that was just so wildly unclear to me that, like, the the numbers that are on the, on the thing are associated with those spaces. Like, I feel like they could have put a line or something, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. They're, they're uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't completely fault you for it. It was just funny, the the idea that you were doing it just in case somebody screen grabbed it and so you wouldn't get just like absolutely crucified by nerds online. <laughs> by the by the board game geek forums. <laughs> oh, yeah, they could have had fun with all my doodles too. Uh anything else from anyone? The one thing that I can say that I that I that I uh appreciated is there's very few things that got carried between the trilogy or between, well, at least these two, right? So Paladin and Architects. Um, the one, the, so the art style consistent, right? There's mm. one guy that had a male appendage on his face as far as we were concerned. Oh, I was going to um, mention Mr. Penis face. He was a great, he was a great character. <laughs> Best ballad of them all. Yeah. So, I mean, like. <laughs> Sir Longbottom. <laughs> So the, <laughs> good God. Uh, the art is like, it's consistent and it's amusing, you know, like you have things to look at. It's, you know, it's funny, things like that. Um, the, how they indicated the uh, tax dollars versus like normal supply dollar was the same. And it's very odd that that's what stood out to me, but that really, like, I appreciated the fact that they kept it consistent. Yeah. So it's, I knew when I looked at the board that there was like this reddish tinged coin and then there was like a normal silvery bronzy-ish colored one. And I was like, I know what that means. <laughs> the workers were also the same. Consistency is huge. Like if, if you're going to oh, make yeah. multiple, if you're going to make multiple games in a series and they're supposed to be part of a, a series and you don't use the same, um, like if you don't, if you don't carry over. A bunch of stuff like if you just make them completely and just bafflingly different yet, you know, having a, a general same motif like I think you're doing it wrong. Well, I mean, there's you have to admit that there's a lot like there's a lot of non consistence, right? Like the, the entire mechanism and like things like how tax dollars work and, uh, you know, that kind of that that punishment ask. Like there's a lot of things that are very inconsistent in how they're done um, between the two games. But the kind of that some of the iconology, I don't know if even that's the right way to say it, but the hieroglyphics nailed it. The fact that that there's consistency there, I really kind of I really enjoyed because it did allow me to feel like there were a few things 
things that stood out to me as, okay, I get that. Like, I feel like I don't feel like I'm staring at, you know, a book written in Mandarin or Chinese, I guess. I, right? Like, I, I don't feel like I'm looking at something that I completely do not understand. I feel like there's a little bit of common ground and you feel a little more comfortable going into it. And I, I appreciated that. Got some good synergies. <laughs> yeah, just keeping the uh, the iconography like the same makes it you know it, even though that they're even though they're doing they're taking it in in, in a different way mechanically. Yeah, they're different. Um, it's it's still recognizable enough and and like easily recognizable, and it'll allow you to actually just be like, okay, I I know what this is. They may be doing something different with it, but at least I know what it is. And I have a, I already have like a, a small background knowledge of this concept. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I know what a tax dollar is as opposed to a regular dollar. Tax dollars are shaded in red. Okay. So then it becomes, okay, so so what, what does a tax dollar mean in this game as opposed to the other game? I mean, you're still taking them from the crown or wherever the hell you're getting them from. You're basically stealing them. Um, and then in this one, when you steal too many of them, the Spanish Inquisition comes and says, excuse me, um, where the fuck's our money? Here is your debt card. Yeah. Please see the church. Exactly. But here's the real question. What would you, what kind of number would you put next to this, Debbie? I'm not going to lie. That's a hard one. I mean, I'd probably stick, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with a four out of five. Um, if you get the opportunity to play it, play it. You, you have to be uh, engaged. Like you have to be interested in doing it. Otherwise, I don't because you're just going to get frustrated and you're going to get bored and you're not going to like it. Like you, you kind of have to know what you're getting into. Uh, you have to like euros because otherwise you're again, you're going to fall asleep at the table. Um, but it's, it's, it's very well made. Like it's, it's such a, it's such a well constructed game in the sense that, um, they've really kind of done a lot of balance work between the different, um, aspects, right? So that you kind of can, I feel like almost create any combination, um, of tactics to win the game. Like, yes, it has to be a combination. It can't be one on its own. It can't be all of them because, you know, as I said earlier, both of those, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. But I feel like, I feel like they've, they've done a really good job of, of balancing those mechanics and saying, you know, if you're going to aim for, uh, two of them, doesn't really matter which two you pick. I think you have just as much um, of a chance of winning as somebody who's picked a different two or, you know, uh, you guys each have one that's the same and, and your other, your kind of your, your secondary is different. Um, and so it's, it, I can't fault the fact that it's, it's a very, very well-made game. And they really, like I said, they, they've done a lot of a good to kind of balance it. I enjoy the, the trilogy side of it. I enjoy the, you know, the imagery of it. There are some really amusing pieces to me. It's really horrible because what's funny to me is like, I'm praying my people away. Like, honestly, I I mean, I'm pretty sure if I tried sending to, them out on a mission. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I tried to pray something away, I'd like spontaneously combust. So 
I mean, it is funny to me that there's this like very heavy um, religious aspect to it. But if you look at the kind of the time period that they're pointing at, um, it it is very true to that time period, I think, where there is a lot more kind of prevalence of, of you know, men of the cloth, women of the cloth, whatever, those kinds of things. They're very, you know, out there and they're kind of a little more uh, in your face, whereas that doesn't really happen as much now. So it's very true, I think, to the time period that they're that they're aiming for. But that for me just makes it funny. I don't know. Call me a what? A zealot? I don't know. There's I'm sure there's a word for me. <laughs> Heretic, probably. Yeah, I yeah, was gonna I don't say know. Like, <laughs> that's uh <laughs> back back demon. <laughs> I mean I I respect people for what they have, like what like if that's your thing, that's your thing, Matt. For me, I'm just like, I mean, what is praying? How is praying going to help me here? I don't know. It's going to get you more points. Yeah, it's but. like you're the most <laughs> suspicious person in the world, and then you like start praying regularly, and it's like you become like at one with confession or something. I don't know. It's just things like that to me are just very funny, and I I kind of find that aspect of it amusing. So there's a little you know kind of underhanded amusement for me in it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's dry. Beyond that, I mean, it's a dry game. You have to enjoy kind of the puzzle. You have to enjoy that. I would not suggest playing it, playing it at a four-player game. I would suggest playing it three or two um, because I think that that's really where you get a little more into the Euro-esque and you get into that, you know, personal puzzle and that idea of, you know, how can I create my machine and in, in a, um, you know, in a, in a advantageous way? How could I maximize this so on and so forth. Whereas, you know, like we said earlier, four players, you kind of end up with a little bit more of a combative head to head, you know, I, you get stuck in a way where you just your engine, regardless of, of what you've done, you really kind of can't get out of certain situations. So, I, you know, like I, I would definitely tell people four out of five, you know, take the opportunity to play it. If you're a heavy Euro gamer, um, do it. Uh, I'd be interested to play it at two players. I think that that might change my opinion a little bit. Um, and I do look forward to the next one. I think we have one left and I'm curious to see kind of how this is, where this is going to go. So thus far I have two fours, uh, for different reasons. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I don't fault the game by any stretch of the imagination. I can't remember who the developer is worth a life of me, but I thought it was Renegade. It's not Renegade. Well, I think Renegade did the first one and then they they did the other two under their own Gar Garfil Garfil. There you go. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they're all through Kickstarter. <laughs> there you go. When I look at the box, I immediately thought that it was a Renegade game. I don't know why. Like I, I'm sure somebody can tell me psychologically there's something there. Um, or it's the heretic thing again. I think it's just a. Yeah, G. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> She's a witch. Burn her. Just being a renegade appeals to you. But yeah, that's me. Justin, what about you? Well, hey, uh, yeah, this is a game where I don't own it. Uh, and it's a game that, through no fault of its own, uh, if I did own it, would already be up on the Board Game Geek marketplace, uh, ready to cash in on its popularity. Uh, because it's not a game for me. 
I found it, well, mechanically well made, and I, I enjoyed how everything worked well together, the synergies and having to build on sort of multiple things. Uh, it felt like a solo game, like the entire game. I was not interested in what anyone else was doing. I kind of had my own little plan. And I just ran at it um, and, you know, even didn't even really bother I mean, although maybe I would have, uh, if I knew the rules better, uh, interacting with various systems because they just didn't really seem worth it. Like I just got the, you know, uh, assistance that got me workers when I did a thing I and mean, that just seemed good. Um, so yeah, it's, I just kind of checked out of it when I wasn't my turn and, uh, that's not normally a game that I like bringing out to the table. Uh, and also like, yeah, four players probably didn't do it any favors. Uh, but even as like a two or three player game, like it just felt too long. Like we were at this for over three hours, it felt like. And yeah, it, you know, it, it just didn't do anything for me really. Um, but that's more my play style rather than it being a poorly designed game. It's a well-designed game, but um, it's just not one that I would recommend or pick up myself. Uh, and that's about it for me. Uh, what do you think, Tom? Uh, I mean, I'm on the same same scale as you. Uh, I, if, if I had this in my collection, would I keep it or not keep it? I... Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know that I'd have the heart to throw it away because it is good. I don't hate it. I don't, and I tend to not to throw stuff away because, and I mean, that's, that's why I have so many of them. Um, it's very good. And I think it would probably, um, I'm interested to see w w how it plays as sort of like the uh, a set of three. I hear that there might be some sort of like campaign sort of situation with them. So I'm kind of interested in that. I wouldn't get rid of it. I don't think it would come out very often. And I don't know, this is a tough one for me because I was also kind of not not bored, but just not interested either. Um, this is also not really my thing. So I, I feel like it's kind of on the on the knife's edge of keep and not keep. Um, probably teetering towards the not keep side just because it is uh, one of many Euro games that I have no time for, basically. Um, I could play something far more exciting in the amount of time that I have and I can't imagine where this would fit in. So it's probably on the on the not keep side, but I'd feel kind of bad about it because it is very good. It's not like it's no it's no World of Warcraft or whatever, right? It's not it's not bad. So I I don't know. It's there's there's not enough interaction. I don't feel like there was enough new it, it was very good, but it's just not for me as well. Um, and like all the things that Debbie said, you got to be in for it. And I mean, if you're not, you're not. And I wouldn't recommend it for you. If you are, then go check it out. Um, for me, out of the two that we've played, I'd still pick Architects because that one's just way funnier. Um, and you just, I, I just love rounding up dudes. And, and there's just nothing in this that compares to that. Um, the art style is really funny and really good. Like I really, I really get the art and all that. And it's, it's a very nicely well-made product, just not for me. Uh, Adam. Yeah, I, I mean, this one did not, this one was not as good as Architects, in my opinion, at the four player count. I really do think that there's something there for like a two player game. I think that this one might be like the two, like the, like of the, of the trilogy. Um, I do feel that this one is, is likely the, the two player game that, that I was told about um i mind you we haven't played viscounts maybe that's a two-player one in which case i wonder where this one fit in in my other friend's eyes 
But um, at a four player count, I think I give this thing like maybe a like a seven, a six and a half. Um, however, thinking about it as a whole and thinking about like the potential of a lower player count, like three would probably be fine ish. But I really I really do think that this one would probably have some good chops at a two. Um, so, I mean, with that being said, I'm probably going to give it like an eight. Yeah. But that's based on speculation of how good a, a two player game would be, which I, I do think would be would be OK. Yeah, it's an eight. It's an eight. Not as good as not as good as Architects. The Architects is pretty friggin' sweet. Um, and I mean, I can kind of see the like I can kind of see the start of a thing of like a of the the air quotes trilogy like warming up right. Like in the first one, you're building the chapel, and then now you've got the chapels. Now you're like gathering the paladins, and I don't know what the hell Viscounts are gonna do, but I'm sure they've got something spicy up their sleeves. <laughs> They're bringing in the paprika. They're bringing in paprika. Paprika's not spicy though it is a spice it, it is a spice but it's not spicy oh this is a real hole we're gonna go down uh <laughs> thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed this episode if you want to help us out you can always share this with a friend you can do like and subscribe and all that sort of stuff uh if you want there's more episodes where that came from um thank you again uh so much for listening if you have any sort of constructive feedback that you want to share with us or any recommendations you can hit us up collapsing gmail.com or on twitter at cgs podcast if you want to get a hold of me and tell me what a shithead i am i guess for i don't know playing this game wrong you can find me on twitter at team rage tom uh justin you got anything to plug hey well i can always plug myself uh if you want to get a hold of me you can find me on twitter at don't trust justin uh you can always tell me who is your favorite paladin and uh does he also accidentally cheat at board games how about you debbie uh you guys can get me at at mrs win that's at mrs w-h-y-n on instagram and twitter as per usual you're just gonna see dogs and probably some baking really that's uh, that's about it that's about all you're gonna get for me uh if you want to get a hold of us as a group you can get us on twitter at cgs podcast we love to hear from you guys uh right now like we said we're finishing the trilogy this was a suggestion made to us by kevin um kevin also uh suggested whistle mountain so uh he seems to be the uh euro king two along with sir adam i don't know maybe they have two kings in this in this little land of theirs if you want to get a hold of us uh let us know if there's something you think we should try out and we will see what we can do um adam how about you uh if you guys are looking to get a hold of me you can catch me on uh social media at for the win f-o-r-t-h-e-w-h-y-n you can also catch me on twitch twitch.tv slash for the win um i'm still getting sponsored uh offers coming in so which means that i have to uh well they don't have to but i i'm sorry i'm still accepting offers so therefore i'm you'll be seeing me streaming uh in some sponsored streams here soon enough um also barbecue is done for 2021 um we are it's uh it's just too damn cold up north of the 49th so um but with that being said there's there's still more coming out of us we have now started up with for the win baking i'm sorry for the win bakery good lord i can't even talk properly uh for the win bakery is a is a new thing that debbie and i have, have started up more so her than me i just happen to be um you know the promotional people the promotional person so yeah, so uh, if you're in the Calgary area and you're interested in some baking right now, uh, Mrs. Wynn is doing macaroons and various Ooh. other 
yeah, various other baked goods. So check it out. Uh, FTW, BBQ, and Bakery on Facebook. You just tacked on and a bakery at the end, or is it? Well, I was like, how the hell do I do this? You know, it just is all bad. <laughs> Barbecue and bakery. Barbecue and bakery. FTW, BBQ, and B. The BBQB. BBQB? Uh, yeah. Makes sound like a barbecue quarterback. <laughs> or you have a stutter. Where you just spiral meat into people's mouths. That'd be sweet. That'd be sweet if you just had a like a, a drive through where you just hucked football <laughs> shaped. Yeah, you have a quarterback. You have a quarterback just hurl uh, hot dogs at you as you drive by. Just have like Tom Brady there, just like tight spirals yeah. right at Tom you. Tom Brady just hurling turduckens yeah, at you people. Just open your mouth and you drive by, and you'll get an interception. Thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.